Hello, and welcome to Looking for Light, a podcast dedicated to helping you find hope in dark days. I'm your host, Erin Mount, and after years of struggling with depression and anxiety, I decided to create this podcast to offer others a way to navigate their mental health journeys through a Christian perspective. Tune in for honest and open dialogue about issues related to faith and mental health. This is Looking for Light. Hello there, friend, and welcome to a special bonus episode of Looking for Light. While the plan is to release episodes of the podcast every other week, I wanted to make sure and get this one in before the holidays are over. This one has been on my mind for a while as the holidays have approached, and it seems like I keep hearing from people in my life and on social media how hard the holiday season is. That is something I can really relate with personally, and I wanted to offer some encouragement to you as you try to figure out how to deal with the holidays. Whether you're depressed or anxious or grieving or overwhelmed, stressed, or just plain tired, you're probably looking at the month of December and wondering how you're going to make it through. There is so much hustle and bustle and not a lot of room to breathe. It can be easy to get caught up in all of the obligations that we have, the invitations to different events, the pressure to make Pinterest perfect Christmases for your kids or your families, to find the perfect gift. All of these things end up weighing us down and distracting us from what truly matters. So I want to offer some encouragement to you as you... Think about how you're going to approach the rest of the holiday season. I acknowledge that it's difficult. I acknowledge that there are a lot of you listening who are carrying a heavy burden this time of year for many different reasons. We all have things that we struggle with, things that are new to us maybe. Maybe this is going to be the first Christmas without a loved one. Maybe this is a time when you were expecting to have a full table, but it's going to be empty. Maybe you're struggling with depression and feel completely devoid of the Christmas spirit, whatever that really means. I want you to know that you are not alone in your pain and in your sadness. You are not the only one who is possibly dreading the holiday season. I think this time of year, it is very easy to feel like you are alone and isolated in your feelings about Christmas, about the holidays, about family, friends, all of that. But let's face it, we have spent two years in a pandemic. This Christmas doesn't look like a lot of Christmases in years past, even though it's probably better than last year. There are still a lot of things to adjust to and to figure out new worries, new fears, all of those things to consider. But I want to encourage you to look past those things. Before I talk about some tips for navigating the holiday season, I wanted to share a little bit of my own experience dealing with difficult holidays. Two years ago, I was dreading Christmas. I had been dealing with depression, and things just seemed to be getting worse and worse. 
I was in therapy regularly. I was taking medication. I was reading my Bible. I was doing all of the things that I thought I was supposed to do, but I still was in a very dark place. I did not feel like doing anything Christmas related. I didn't want to decorate. I didn't want to go to Christmas events. I didn't want to make Christmas crafts with my kids. Although, to be honest, even when I do feel good, crafts aren't my number one thing to do anyway. But there were just a lot of things that normally would excite me about the holidays that just left me feeling very numb inside. All of this came to a head early in December when I ended up being admitted into the hospital for the third time with suicidal thoughts. I had a plan to take my life, and I had every intention of executing that plan. So I ended up spending, I think, 12 days in the hospital that time and was released on December 23rd. So a lot of things that normally would have happened in December to prepare for Christmas did not happen that year. I did very little to prepare. I had done some Christmas shopping for my girls and did the basics, but anything extra just did not happen. And I had a lot of guilt about that. I felt very ashamed that I could not give my family good Christmas memories, that what they would remember about that Christmas was that mommy was not there for the weeks leading up to it. And that was really hard for me to acknowledge and to deal with because I wanted to be the perfect mom for my girls, and I wanted to be the perfect wife for my husband. And all that being in the hospital made me feel was inadequate. So the holiday that year was just a reminder of my own personal failures. I had a lot of guilt and a lot of shame surrounding my depression and the fact that I still wasn't better after what seemed like a really long time. But at the end of the day, after Christmas was over and I looked at my girls and I spent time with them, I realized that what they need isn't the picture-perfect Christmas. It's not stockings hung on the chimney. It's not beautifully wrapped presents. It's not the perfect cup of hot chocolate or the perfect Pinterest craft. What they need is their mom. And by going into the hospital, by admitting that I needed help, by seeking out a way to stay on this earth to be there for them, I was doing what I could to be their mom. Moreover, I'm exactly the mom that God intended my girls to have. It was within his plan for me to be their mother, for them to be my daughters. And he knew ahead of time that I was going to experience this, and he equipped me to be there for them in the way that I could. Even though that Christmas was not like any other Christmas that I remember, I can look back on that and appreciate the fact that in the midst of what I felt like a huge personal lack, I was met with the graciousness of Christ. I was reminded of the fact that I'm always going to be needy, There will never be a day when I do not need Jesus to make it through. Yes, that need was magnified more when I was in the hospital those many times or when I was facing suicidal thoughts. 
that need was great. But all of us need Jesus, no matter what our days look like. All of us need to recognize that we cannot live this life without him. So as we go into the Christmas season, I want to encourage you to have that need of Jesus in the front of your mind, to pray to the Lord and ask him to help you block out all of the other distractions and make him your focus. So how can you do that? How can you find ways to still make it through the holidays intact? The first thing I would say is to recognize your capacity. We all have different energy levels. We all have different levels of ability and those ebb and flow. And there are going to be times when we are not capable of doing everything that we wish we could do. The thing to realize is that you have limits. You have to pick and choose what is most important and set the other things aside. The thing to remember is that when you say yes to one thing, whether it's a Christmas party or a get-together with friends or decorating ornaments, whatever it is, when you say yes to that thing, you're saying no to something else. And that something else might actually be the thing that you need. So if you are filling up your calendar with event after event and obligation after obligation and neglecting to allow yourself to rest, you are doing yourself a disservice. And more than likely, you're not going to go into those events feeling joyful and feeling ready to celebrate because you're coming from a place of depletion. If you are in a place that is difficult emotionally right now, if you're struggling with depression or anxiety or grief or any other number of things that have you feeling weary and worn down, this may not be the year that you tackle a bunch of different holiday projects or go to a bunch of different parties. And that is okay. It's important for you to recognize your own limitations and to live within those limitations. Because at the end of the day, it's not going to matter how many parties you went to. What matters is how connected you are to your family, to your friends, and most importantly, how connected you are to Christ. And if all of those activities that you're trying to force yourself into are taking away from what's most important, they're just not worth it. Look at your energy levels. See how you're going to be feeling. Think about what you can realistically handle and make plans to protect yourself from overcommitments. That leads me to my second tip, which is to establish boundaries with your family and friends. That's going to mean being very honest about how you're feeling. You're going to have to maybe tell people in your life that this is a difficult time for you. Don't expect them to automatically know what you're going through, how you're feeling. They want to hear from you what you need. And if what you need is to not go to that a party or to maybe have fewer large get-togethers, that's okay. Make that known. Your family and your friends love you. Hopefully they want what's best for you. And if you're able to have a conversation where you can sit down with them and explain that you need to limit your commitments for whatever reason, you should be able to do that with a clear conscience, knowing that 
you are protecting yourself from burnout, from discouragement, from undue stress, from unhealthy behaviors, and you're offering them the chance to meet your needs in a different way. But don't feel like you have to be a doormat and just bow down to the demands of everyone around you. Obviously, we want to be accommodating. We want to be kind and compassionate to those we love. But that also means that sometimes the best way to love someone is to let them love you. And that looks like telling them what you need. A lot of times when I was going through the darkest parts of my depression, I would hear from my family or my friends, I just wish I knew how to help you. I don't really know what you need. But by communicating to them things that they could do to help me, I was letting them love me. And in turn, that was helping them to feel like they were a part of the process of recovery that I was seeking. The third thing that I would recommend and encourage you to do is to be kind to yourself. There are a lot of negative voices, both internally and externally, that are competing for our attention every day. I know that I personally have a very strong internal dialogue that plays in the background of my mind pretty much all of the time, and it tells me what I'm doing wrong. Every day I can make a laundry list of things that I said that weren't right or things that I did or didn't do that weren't the best, and I can rehash every sin that I committed, every wrong that I did, and just let myself wallow in the guilt when really what should be happening is that I should take all of those things, all of that negativity, all of the sin, lay it at the feet of Jesus. If we just let that guilt eat us up inside, if we let expectations both in our heads and from other people determine how we are going to live our lives, we are being disobedient. We are not living the life that Christ has for us. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And if we live in bondage to our own idolatrous way of thinking, or if we feel constantly pressured to please other people, we lose sight of the person that we're really supposed to emulate, and that is Jesus. So in the midst of all of the different expectations that you might have for the holiday season, I want you to look at those, maybe write them down, ask yourself, what am I really expecting this to look like? And then ask yourself, are these expectations realistic? Are there barriers to these things happening that I could fix? Or do I need to make adjustments to my expectations? Be honest with yourself and recognize that the way that we often build things up in our heads is not the way that they, they play out in real life. And that's okay. But if we let ourselves get hyped up and just overcome with all of the plans and focus our energies on making everything perfect, we might not even be able to enjoy the actual experiences that we do have because they don't measure up to what we had in our minds. Expectations are a very tricky thing because more often than not, at least for me, what I expect 
is often far different from the reality that I'm faced with. And that can be very disappointing and very defeating. And that is not a recipe for an enjoyable holiday. So be kind to yourself. Give yourself grace. Admit that you're not perfect. And that's okay. Realize that your Christmas might look different this year. That maybe the crafts that your kids do don't look like the ones that you see on Instagram. Maybe the meal that you make for Christmas is a little bit simpler than what you had planned. That doesn't mean that you can't still enjoy it. Which leads me to my next tip, which is to practice gratitude. I know that we just came out of Thanksgiving, and there's a lot of talk about being thankful during Thanksgiving, but gratitude should be a daily practice. And I use the word practice very intentionally because the reality is you're not always going to feel grateful. I know that I don't. There are a lot of days, especially when I'm in the midst of a depressive episode, where everything just seems terrible. There is no light. Nothing is good. Everything is wrong. The future is gloomy. I can go on and on because that's where I lived for many years, is in that place of despair. I did not feel thankful, but we are commanded in Scripture to give thanks in all circumstances, not just the ones that we like. If we do not cultivate a practice of gratitude, we are robbing ourselves of joy and also missing out on the blessings that God is placing in our lives. There are so many things that can go wrong in the holidays. I admit that. There are so many things that can go wrong any day because we're not guaranteed a good life, but we have been given everything that we need. Second Peter 1.3 says that his divine power has given to us everything that we need for life and for godliness. So all of the things that we need to follow Jesus, to live a life that glorifies him, we've been given. We may not have all the material possessions that we want. We may not have the life that we want. But if you're living and breathing, if you have been redeemed by the blood of the lamb, if you are a child of God, you have been given so much. That gift is indescribable. And I think that it is very easy in the everyday rush to lose sight of the fact that we all deserve to go to hell. Our sins are enough to separate us from God forever. We are not owed anything by God, but God in his rich mercy and his goodness to us reached down to us. He sent his son to put on flesh to become one of us so that we in turn could know him and follow him and one day be with him in heaven. That is a tremendous gift. And that leads me to my last point, which is to remember the true meaning of Christmas. And I know that sounds incredibly cliche, but the truth still applies. The wonder and the beauty of Christmas is Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. John tells us that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. 
Jesus knows firsthand what it is like to be human, what it's like to be happy and sad and to grieve and laugh. He spent time surrounded by people. He had to wake up early to find moments of quiet. And yet he also was not even welcome in his own hometown. He knows what rejection feels like. He knows what grief feels like. The Gospels tell us that in the garden before he was crucified, he was sorrowful to the point of death. There is no pain that he cannot understand. There is nothing that we walk through that he cannot relate to because he took on flesh. He emptied himself, it says in Philippians, and made himself nothing so that one day every knee would bow in heaven and on earth and proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. And one day that will be us. We will be able to bow before the Lord. There will be no more pain, no more tears, no more sad things. All that we have grieved and mourned and lost, all that we longed for and hoped for and desired, all of that will be found in Jesus. Anything that we are facing right now, any burden that we bear, will one day be taken away. The hard thing about Advent is that it requires waiting. We are celebrating Christ who has come as a baby who grew, who died and was resurrected. But we're also waiting for Christ to come again, to rescue us, to bring us home, to be with him. And there is pain in that waiting because we all long for the day when our sorrows will be redeemed, when the pain will be but a distant memory when all the tears will be shed for the last time. And I know that in the midst of a heavy season, it is hard to wait with grace. And that is why we need a Savior, because he helps us to wait. He gives us hope within the waiting, because we don't wait as those who have nothing to hope for. We are waiting with expectation and with longing to see the fulfillment of the promises of God. And they will come to fruition. We will not be forsaken. Hope does not disappoint. It does not put us to shame if our hope is in the right thing, in the right person, the person of Jesus. To close, I want to read the words of a Christmas song, a Christmas hymn, Come thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel, strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art. Dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Born thy people to deliver, born a child and yet a king. Born to reign in us forever, now thy gracious kingdom bring. By thine own eternal spirit, rule in all our hearts alone. By thine all-sufficient merit, raise us to thy glorious throne. He was born to set us free, friends. He was born to release us from our fears and our sins. 
May we find our rest in Him. I pray you have a wonderful holiday season, that you are able to find hope in the midst of the hard. Keep looking for light, friends. You have been listening to Looking for Light, a podcast by Aaron Mount. Please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss future episodes. You can find the show on Facebook and Instagram at Looking for Light Pod. If you enjoy the show, please leave a rating and review to help others find it. Thanks for listening.